Bay is August 24, 2017, to grasp. As she says in the beginning, on the first page, in absolute stillness we become aware of our unwillingness to be what we are this very second. And throughout this chapter, she comes back to that from different directions. Um, The unwillingness to be present, or, if I say it the other way, the willingness and even tendency and habit to be caught in all sorts of ideas and daydreams and other stories, both mental, physical, emotional, that because of that caughtness, because of that entanglement in it, because of reacting out of it, we miss this awareness of this very moment. Um, And do all sorts of things, even as, um, even as we are making practice efforts, we try to sneak in our habits of believing thoughts, believing emotions, of inflating or holding on to self in different ways. Or, if I use her words, believing and doing things to be other than what is right now. So that's the whole of this chapter in different ways. So having said that much, we could, I want to begin talking about what you've discovered here or what you've discovered about getting caught up in efforts to get somewhere, to become something, to make something of, based on our thoughts and emotions and so forth. So I'll stop here now and see what we could do with this, what we've read in this chapter and what we've done in our practice.
Anyone? Yes. Um, uh, you know, of course, I understand her, her from an intellectual standpoint what she's uh-huh. saying here. Um, but I, in a couple of times, I still struggle with. Um, well, I'm overthinking it, but uh, just what that feels like to be just as we are, and how that makes sense and she says on the second page of the chapter the statement that we're just fine oh, hold, we on, are, hold on hold on wait okay. just say say where on that second page just so it, that others it would be the second from the last paragraph the last sentence yes the statement that would go ahead the statement that we're just fine as we are doesn't make any sense to us um and um, I kept writing in the margin, and I think, um, you know, it doesn't mean we shouldn't try to do good things. I mean, I, I, I long since let go of sitting to reach anything, you know, uh-huh. and then, then I'm getting back into intent of even why I'm sitting, but um, when I sit down, I notice, but I want, I, and I don't, I'm not striving, yes I am striving, Um, but I'm trying to figure out what it feels like other than just through practice, to be just as we are, Uh and are we, are we just, are we somehow inherently good just as we are so we don't um, well, I'm not, what does inherent see we have to be careful when we add on inherently good not that there's anything wrong with the word good but that we tend to believe that that word means certain things and cert- and excludes other things since, since you picked the end of that uh, paragraph on on page 150, I'll turn, I'll sort of continue you to the very next paragraph and the end of the next paragraph, which is on page 151. Uh, sort of in the middle, it starts the the um, middle of the paragraph, and that's the difference between reality and the illusory view of reality that we have when we live in our thoughts. When truly looked at, in other words, when we look at our life or our thoughts of our life, one remains and one vanishes. And when she means looked at, she means not thought about, but being present as and attending to. And looking at a thought or a feeling, or an emotion, means being present and looking at it, and what she's saying, when truly looked at, thoughts, and this is what she's been saying a number of places in this chapter, disappear, because, if I use a word, they're effervescent, they 
pop up and disappear, but they don't have solidity. And this moment, in one sense, doesn't have solidity, but in another sense does have solidity as this moment. Um, The personal version of life just dissolves, meaning when she says personal version, vision, no, version, what she means is what I think about how my life is, where it's going, and what this means, and what that means, and what she means, and then, she says, what we want is simply to be a life that's real, which means being here and attending to, if I'm cold, putting on a coat, or shivering, or taking off a coat, or handing someone a glass of water when they're thirsty, that's just the the real life moment. Moment, moment, moment. As opposed to an idea about what life should be. Which is but, what our thoughts and feelings are. But even if we were walking around uh-huh. totally aware most of the time um, to have this body go through this space I have to make choices of course and um, and it you know it's one thing to say okay I'm going to be totally aware and I'm going to walk down this hall and I'm going to make this choice to put Uh one foot in front of the other but then then you usually it's it's like another person that where the all the thoughts and emotions start coming in because then you have choices with this reality and and how do you be just who you are when um, I mean what do you actually do all these all all these thoughts and emotions are to come up and I know the practices. Notice them, notice all the layers and filters, try to let them go. But it's like, when I read the, this, the, this, these theories, I'm kind of like, okay, so even if I get to this core of awareness, what the heck happens then? <laughs> what do I actually say to this reality being in front of me? It, it's, it's, um, you say good morning or good afternoon. Or you say, cameo. Uh, I see Cindy's online. Well, she should be connected because there she's she's connected because she's um, so. Thank you. You respond to circumstance, but you respond out of being present because then the circumstance in you is the opportunity for living this moment. It's not that the thought is a problem, it's just if we're caught in the content of the thought, if it gets in the way of being present with the person, with doing or not doing, accepting or or whatever else. And we know the difference. I mean, I wonder if it would would be a practice to just... um, 
every time, and, it, and a lot of times it's with people. If, if, if you come upon a person and you actually stop, you don't say anything, everyone think you were weird, but I mean, you just, you just stop for a minute and you actually pause for like an entire minute and watch everything that comes up with regard to this person and this mm -hmm. relationship and then see how you would act? If that's appropriate. Well, if, if, if you're watching, you, you don't have to come upon a person. When you sit upright and you're attending to the present moment, you could keep noticing all sorts of thoughts come up. Some of them you, quote, want to follow along, figure out, make something of, say something more to. So, in a sense, we don't need to look at another person in order to do that because it's in the process of the thoughts coming and going that we um, want to fiddle with them rather than simply be aware of them coming and going. It, it's not something magical. It's rather something very ordinary, which doesn't exclude thoughts, emotions, or feelings, or any of that. It's noticing when we've added on to those emotions another layer. And not by figuring it out, but by attending to the present, so to speak. Attending to the present in a way is extra, because it makes you and the present two things, uh, or the present something that, quote, you need to attend to. See, that turns, as Joko says, that turns awareness into something that you're doing or turns awareness into doing something with. Awareness just is as we are. And the, the same, the thoughts are just what they are, except that we like to and we're capable of grabbing onto them. And that's the habit that we believe. Yeah, somewhere in the chapter, I think she says, you know, awareness is not something we need to create. Or, or mind. Um, what we need to pay attention to is what we fill awareness up with. And like you say, what we're attending to. Yeah. Well, in, in a way, oh, oh, she has somewhere where she says awareness is life when we're not doing something else. Yeah. That's my favorite quote. <laughs> but but yeah, sure what that means is it's not that it means when we're not doing something else to, in a, in a sense, distort the present moment with what we're doing. Because the some things that we're doing are just part of awareness. But if the some things we're doing have in them the beliefs or aspects where we cling to them and and try to impose them on the present moment, if we say it that way, or um, assert self-liking or disliking, then in that 
causes us to miss or be blinded from what's now. But Elihu, why? Why I, I, I struggle with this? Why you know? Why are thoughts and, and emotions, which are just energy, you know, why are those not true? Why do we have to let those go in order to be who we are? Why aren't why aren't they just all part of total experience? Why they are. Where did she say that? They are part. The problem is that we think, and I'll say the word think, we think that the thoughts are the basis of how we should act. Emotions are the basis of whether I should speak to this person or not speak to this person. If I'm emotion, if I get an emotional, I don't like him, then even though he's right in front of me, I won't say good morning to him. Or I'll say, well, good morning. Or whatever. See, then, the emotion is taken as a truth guide for how to live. And that's why it causes trouble. See, so it's, it, it's that this emotion, thoughts, are a human habit which, unfortunately, if um, if relied upon for other than what they are, in other words, relied upon for other than being just things that come and go, but relied upon as a guide, get us in trouble. And you don't have to believe. Just take a look and see if it's true in your life. If they're not, if they don't cause difficulties, great. Then, then there's no need to pay attention to this. Now, I, I, I think, I think that um, my experience is that yes. these types of energies um, can, not always, but can cause problems because they may be misperceptions. But it's. Um, it's difficult to think how, it's always for me, it's difficult to think about how to interface with all of the energy and experiences in my life without, in this life, without, um, you know, it's, it's just so hard to know what that feels like. But you don't have to know what it feels like, just feel it. See, the, the, the problems that sometimes arises because we are afraid or try to imagine, well, what would it be like if I didn't do this? Don't worry about that. Or at least notice that you're worried about that and treat that as another set of thoughts. See, you shouldn't it, say that feelings and, and thoughts aren't real. You shouldn't say that. Now you should be pointing out that our, our tendency to become enchanted and fixated. Mm-hmm. Thoughts and feelings. Yeah. She she did say that that there's this woman standing there. I have a note that Where? Where did she say get let me see if I can find it because I wrote I wrote in my margin, why is the person real and not the thoughts? Um she was um I think she's talking more about transience than than real. 
A thought is, is just is like you said, the blip of energy that's wait, trained. She says when we look at our thoughts. Wait, what page? So okay, it's, it's 151 in the, the very top of the page. Yes. Um, when we look at our thoughts with impersonal awareness, they disappear. When we look at a person, however, does she disappear? No, she remains. And that's the difference between reality and the illusory view of reality that we have, that we have when we live in our thoughts. And live in our thoughts. So, in other words, what she means when we look at thoughts, and just because I have a thought, if I attend, am aware of that thought as a thought, then the next moment, it's not, it doesn't have the solidity of a person right in front of us. If I'm aware of the thought as a thought, then I can treat it as that, and therefore, if I want, if it's something I want to follow up on, fine. If I don't, fine. But much of the time, what she's said and what she's been saying in the prior part of this pa- this section is that what happens is that the thoughts, because they seem to be real, we feel that we have to attend and follow along whatever they we've dreamed up, that whatever thoughts have dreamed up, so to speak, as what's supposed to be good, what should happen, etc., etc. They become enchanted by them. Yes. Well, they aren't always very enchanted. No, I'm enchanted. (laughs) No, no, no. Even Even if they're not, quote, what we want, we're enchanted by them being what we don't want. People are enchanted by car accidents when they're driving down the highway. We're enchanted by that. We're you grabbed my word, Mushin. What? Sorry? You grabbed my word. Yes, I did. That's right. I got that from you. Didn't I? So, it, it, it's... It's... Simply a matter of practicing with this, and then you could disagree with her, fine. But do it, and then see what's so. See if what she says is so, or if it's not so. The the point has to do with, does what she say nurture and support practice in your life, or does it not? Um, does it enable being the reality of our lives, or does it um, confuse us? Camille, this is this is Lynn, and I yes. struggled with some of the same sections that Debbie's been looking at. Uh-huh. I tried to work with this a little bit, and I'll. I'll maybe give some examples of what I came up with, but I could be off the mark. Um, I uh, I was bothered by the notion that somehow thoughts are only a blip of energy, but other stuff isn't a blip of energy. That that's And getting off into that illusory versus real was really, uh, I felt like that was a slippery uh-huh. slope. So when I pulled back a little bit from it, um, I, I could look at it from the standpoint of, the times when an emotion or a situation with someone, usually somebody close to me, results, I find myself, you know, 
continuing to hang on to that. My thoughts and feelings are, I'm sort of stuck. So it's like the, the emotion it was sticky, and the thoughts about it become sticky, and now I've got a story that I'm still caught up in, even mm -hmm. though time's gone by, and maybe that person isn't even there anymore. Yes. But a crucial difference is that, and I'll, let's, I'll just take an example from my prior work. If I'm uh, working in a prison setting and I have to meet with someone who has a, a violent history, I'm very, very aware in that situation because I'm in danger. And um, that I may have feelings and thoughts in that situation that cannot be dismissed. I would dismiss them at my own peril. Yes. If I'm if I be, I might not even realize what I'm picking up, you know, as I observe the behaviors in the person, but the hair on the back of my neck stands up and I am clear that, that we're in a situation where I could be in danger. And I might mm -hmm. tell myself, you know, it's because he's such and such or she's such and such. But I'm not hanging on to those thoughts at the time because I'm, I now have to be hyper aware in order to deal with whatever might come at me. And I might, after I'm out of that situation, have thoughts about it. I might even come up with a story about it. But my thoughts and feelings in that situation were good things. Um, but maybe the ones I have afterwards, if I hang on them to them too long, they're not very good. You know, I, I go down a path that I'm telling myself a story and and uh, so forth. But but I had I struggled with that same thing. There are times when. You know, maybe you, you encounter a lot of children in a neighborhood and they don't have winter coats in the wintertime. And, um, and you start to, you observe that, you start to think about it, and you develop an intent. And I don't think that that's quite the intent that Joko's talking about, but maybe she is. But in that, at that time I think, well, that's a terrible situation. I'm going to see what I can do about it. And I figured out a way to get coats for at least those children in that neighborhood. So my thoughts and feelings, while I hung on to them and I had a, a goal in mind because of that, you know, I don't think she's saying that's necessarily a bad thing. It's when I get caught up in a personal story. Does that figure at all in what she's talking about? Okay, let, let, me, let me start with the first thing that you brought up, because I've also been in that situation that you brought up. If when you go in to meet with someone, you're caught up in how dangerous they are. They're so dangerous, I've got to be on the lookout for them. That much, you can't be present with them to see what's called for and to see if anything is happening right now that's, quote, dangerous or nothing happening right now that's dangerous. When you so-called put something in, in other words, when you read the person's file and you see, oh yes, they, they have done such and such, You're, you are aware of their, their being dangerous. But if you're holding on to that thought, fear, anxiety going in there, then you can't, you're not responding to them as they are now while you're in there in the cell or in the, um, wherever you're meeting with them, um, in the holding you can't hear what they're saying and you can't respond to what they're saying without this almost blinder of they're dangerous. They did this last time. They did that last time. So that's the, 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 this functioning that we are as a human 
gets all sorts of input, but we don't have to hold on to the input in order to be able to do things that includes that so-called past input. If we do hold on to the input, then in a way that hinders us sometimes, that blinds us from taking care of what's now, because instead we're taking care in part of our thoughts and fears and anxiety reactions to what we're sort of spinning around with about the thoughts. So let, and then let's go. So if you see children that need something, let's say winter coats, you say, oh, great. And you could go ahead and walk towards, let's say I'll make something up, walk towards the uh, Goodwill store and say, do you have some winter coats? Can I bring in some children and have them find coats that are their size and I'll take care of the price? Or you could be walking You could see them and you could start getting so upset that they don't have winter coats and it's so unfair that they don't have winter coats that you can't even notice that there's a Goodwill store down the block that you could either ask for a donation or say, I'll get some money from this other uh, fund. So it's responding to circumstances, one thing, holding on to all the input including the thoughts and feelings that come up. Even the thought and feeling, well, if I get get them coats, that makes me a really good person, and I'll be, you know, that'll show how good my practice is. All of those things are what she's trying to make clear to us, the differences between those. Now, you don't have to agree with me, but I just put that as a slightly different perspective to try to speak to how she's she meaning Joko is trying to attempt to differentiate one from the other. Does that make sense, Lynn? It does, and I, I I think we're on the same page, and I you know, as I was reading this chapter, I think it's very hard in, in print to convey these subtleties, and it's good mm-hmm. that we have the class where we can sort of talk about it to, to get at the distinctions, but very hard in reading it from a distance with just the, the words on the page. Uh-huh. But I think you and I are very close on that. Well, I think, you know, what she's talking about is, what Joko's talking about here is, is not about not having, you know, seeing children without coats in the winter and she's not talking about us not having a thought arising that says what kind of parents would let their children and then you go off on that tangent Um, it's not about not having those thoughts, she's talking about we need to be aware of that thought and see it for what it is it's not not having a thought, oh I'm I'm afraid of this person because they're dangerous the practice effort that we need to make is seeing this arising and seeing it for what it is, just a natural reaction to a situation that we feel threatened in, and not taking that as the reality of the situation. But, you know, she did on page 152, the last paragraph, because, you know, I was was trying to work through what she was saying here, but she talks about she had to travel somewhere. 
And this happens to me all the time. And her mind was full of thoughts and feelings. And she believed she was practicing. She knew she was angry. Um, she knew she was tense. She knew she was rushing. And she was getting madder and madder and more upset. And then she says to herself, what is practice right now? Because this happens to me a lot. I get really stressed when I have to travel. And all these things come up. And, and then I'll sit there and say to myself, okay, where's my practice? Where's my practice? And, um, and because my thoughts and emotions have just taken over and there's this whole story about, you know, what if the train doesn't get there in time? I won't get to the meeting. And i got to do this before and i got to get up at this time and I don't want to go and I don't want to go. But that and is your practice. All this goes on. And then she says, and a thousand flashlights shone on what was happening in my mind. From a completely impersonal perspective, there was still the same stuff, anger, rushing, yeah. physical tension, but it had nothing to do with me. Um, and to me, that's what happens. I'll say, where's my practice? I'll think about it. But none of those thoughts and emotions and stress, and none of that goes away. It doesn't go away. And... Um, and then I get upset because my practice doesn't help me. It's You want your practice to fix your life. I want my practice to fix my stress and my anxiety. And I'm like, okay, all right, I've noticed it. That's good enough, but it's not. It's still stressful. And she, she says it didn't go away. It's, she says she's just watching it. Uh-huh. And maybe travel is, is stressful. And maybe travel when the planes are grounded and, and everything is messed up is more stressful. And maybe stress just comes and goes. And we can see what's skillful or not skillful to do to, what should I say, not generate more stress when the, about the stress or become stressed about what we can see. Oh, you know, I'm on this plane and the plane is sitting here, and it's not taking off, and there's nothing to do right now, so I can get very upset, or I could sit here and wait, since the pilot hasn't given me the controls, and I can't make it start or stop. So, and then maybe there's even something skillful to do, so that you could just sit there, and experience the stress of, I want it to go, I want it to go, and it's not going to go. And as someone who flies fairly regularly, uh, at least every two months, um, I get to have that a lot, it, it seems, going to the Midwest and, and going from the Midwest. Um, almost every time there's a number of things that are completely out of my control and that aren't happening the way I've um, uh, decided that they should happen, or even that the way the airport, airport and airline said they should happen, and yet somehow they're not. And that's wonderful no. session that begins long before the session. I have to say, it's probably a good thing the pilot doesn't give you the controls, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why he's the pilot, or she's the pilot, and I'm <laughs> sitting in the chair. Yes. You had something else? No, I mean, at least I, <laughs> I, I have practiced enough to n notice sometimes that I'm doing it and say, where's the practice here? And, um, 
have I done everything I can to, you know, on my part to, to be prepared for this travel and just try to be open to the fact that it's you don't well, and then just be open to whatever happens right. and worry about, you know, deal with it when it hits instead of creating all these scenarios. Uh, do, you th- do, you think, do you think it's likely that if you make your practice effort and just notice the tension and the frustration, feelings and thoughts are coming up, you were and notice that, do you think you're less likely to snap at the stewardess when they come by and say something to you or... or um, do something that would, I want to say, disturb someone else's practice? I generally am not somebody who's going to snap at someone else, even though I may be thinking it. But I, I don't generally, but I, I, I just cause more internal right. pain, suffering through anxiety and stress, because yeah. I'll just stuff it in and not say anything. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it is helpful to just recognize that I that you know I, I'm not even facing what's in front of me right now I'm facing all of the other things that I've made up but it's also helpful to see her say that you can't control it you can notice it but she says she always she's still in charge but but you could, you could ask what is skillful for me to do right now or what is skillful practice right now? That might be one useful thing when you when we notice that we're particularly entangled. That we you could use that as a support. What is skillful practice or what is skillful awareness right now? And then we could attend to that or not. Not that that's going to quote fix us in the sense that 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 the whatever is coming up won't come up again but it is skillful let's say breathing right now or skillful seeing it right now or skillful labeling having emotion thought that we're never going to make it to wherever you're trying to go to or whatever so Each of us has to be the, what should I say, roving support to remind us at the moment when we notice that there's something called for or needed because we're still holding on to the emotion, to the thought, to the feeling, to the anxiety, etc., etc., what to do now. And do it to the extent we can, if there's something to do. The doing isn't to make us better, but to enable us to be what we always are. Or, if we use the word, to be this awareness moment. Springfield's taken up all the time. What? I said, I'm sorry, Springfield's taken up all the time here. It's okay. There is, there's only time to be taken up. If anyone, if someone in... In uh, Champagne or Cindy, if you have something you want to bring up, now's the time. Yeah, I was going to make a comment about what, what's... You have to speak louder or closer to the mic. All right. How's this? Is that better? A little bit. Okay, I'll do that. So, I was just uh, going to add uh, something that's been helpful to me. This what we've just been talking about uh, was the phrase... 
how is it supposed to be and how is it really? Good. So, um, and, and then I just, in addition to that comment, wanted to comment about um, the thing about the dissolving versus the illusory, the reality thing, or the reality versus the illusory, I guess would be the way to say it. Speak closer to the mic. You're, fa- right. you're fading into the into the sunset. Okay, I, I think it's. It, I didn't realize the mic was facing a, a different direction. Is that better? Yes. Okay, so um, the thing about the reality versus illusory, or the illusory versus reality, and the dissolving. Um, I just wanted to comment on that. I, I think these things about travel and the, um, what we were just talking about is, you know, awareness and noticing, labeling thoughts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I also have trouble where, you know, the, the stuff is still there and it doesn't go away just because I've, you know, noticed them or become aware of them. Um, but I, I, I think that that's more of this, what she's trying to describe there about how, Okay, yeah, maybe your thought doesn't go away, but you can still see that it shakes that up in a way that it doesn't change the stewardess or the plane, you know? So that's how you, I guess I'm just thinking that that's how you tell the difference between what is real and what is not, and and how you realize that your thoughts are just thoughts and they are just illusory, because, you know, the, the stewardess doesn't stop being there or the steward, or the plane, or, you know, the gate, or whatever. Whereas the thoughts, maybe they don't go away, but, but, but there's some kind of modification. You know, there's, some, there's something that changes. There's something that, if you can label your thoughts, does shift even the slightest bit in a way that, you know, and so you know it's, it's not real versus the way that a person doesn't shift, you know, a shape shift or something like that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that points out, Joyce, what you said, is that each of us has to see how and what supports us to do this. Because it's easy to see this in a book or even to talk about it or even... not Maybe not so easy, but still easy when we're in the Zendo and everyone's still and... Um, but and we're still but when we're out there there meaning everywhere else that's where the work is not in the sense that there's work because awareness isn't work awareness just is who we are and yet we find that there needs to be effort when we're other than who what we are and it's up to us, because there's no one else coming along with us to remind us, to help us. I mean, no, that's not true. There's The whole universe is out there helping us, reminding us. And yet it's up to us to make good use of that and to be supported by that. And whether it's supported by our, the, um, what should I say, the, momentum of our own ongoing practice or by the momentum of something in the present moment world that allows us to see what is skillful and what isn't. 
So, I want to remind all of us that next week, next Thursday is Sashin, so we won't be here. At least I won't be here, and um, I won't be on Skype. I'll be, we'll be in Sashin. Um, the week after, we will return with the coming to our census chapter. Uh, those of you who are able to, I encourage you to partake in Sashin in whichever way you can. Uh, you're welcome to do the whole session, do part of it, um, or just show up in w- when your circumstances allow you to and make good use of the session to support you. Any other comments from anyone? If you want to, I would say, if you have the time, reread this chapter um, when you have time, because you might hear and see things in it a little differently now that we've talked about it. In fact, that's probably something good to do after we've talked about a chapter, to, to look at it again in the light of having explored it a little bit, because then you might find aspects of it that are useful and supportive and nurturing in ways that you didn't notice before. Anyone have any last thing they want to say or bring up? Okay. Thank you all, and hopefully I'll see, hear you in during session. Good night. Good night. Safe travel. Thank you.